Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Here's your homeschool companion host, author, educator, and children's ministry specialist, Dr. Rose Gamblin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. You know, I have to tell you, my favorite bird is the hummingbird. And those of you who know me well already know that. I just am fascinated with hummingbirds. And I'm also not like a hummingbird. I'm probably, if I was a bird, maybe would be a swan. I like to think I'd be a swan, you know, move gracefully and slowly about. But I love and I'm fascinated with the hummingbirds. So our devotional, The Flight of the Hummingbird, is perfect for me today. Our verse is, I would seek unto God, which doeth great things, and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. It never ceases to amaze me that there are so many unsearchable, marvelous things in God's nature. Sometimes it's as common as the flight of the hummingbird is still so complicated that it is almost beyond my ability to understand. Because of the special bone and muscle structures of the hummingbird, it is the only bird that can fly upside down as well as forward, backward, up, down, and from side to side. To lift off from the nest, a hummingbird starts beating its wings while it is still sitting, achieving almost full speed at the instant of takeoff. If attacked from the front in a territorial dispute, the little bird does a black backflip, flies upside down for a few yards, and then rights itself for normal flight. The wing muscles of the hummingbird account for more than a fourth of its weight. Since it relies on its wings for nearly all movement, it is understandable that the muscles are so well developed. Although it seems that the wings of the hummingbird beat much faster than those of other birds, Actually, they use fewer wing beats per second than many larger birds. Most birds generate flying power with the downstroke of a wing beat, but the hummingbird produces power with both the upstroke and downstroke. Hummingbirds that weigh only 5 grams beat their wings 20 to 27 times a second. Chickadees, weighing twice as much, beat their wings at the same rate. So you can see that weight does not determine the rate of wing beats. The hummingbird's controlled and precise flight makes it one of the most remarkable creatures on earth. Isn't it great to know that our God is so able to create so many marvelous things, great and small, and maintain them all? And I love that little song, all things bright and beautiful, all things great and small. And it goes on to say that the Lord is Lord of them all. He cares about the tiny sparrow that falls. It meets his tender view. If God so loves the little things, I know he loves me too. Isn't it wonderful how when the trials come and they do come, If we can just turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. 
Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that you love us so much. It's hard to fathom, but when we have our pets and our friends and family, they help us see your love. And Lord, our children, we lift them up to you, our precious children. For sure, we see your love there. We love them so much, and we would lay lay down our lives for them. And that's just how you are with us. We are your children. Thank you. All this I pray in thy holy name. Amen. Ta-da! Arts and crafts. We call it arts and crafts, but it's probably one of the most important components to any educational plan a.k.a. curriculum. And today we're talking about hummingbirds. So in our arts and crafts, we have a recommended hummingbird video, and you can find that in my Pinterest account. My call letters are MRGamblin2, and the board is Windows on God's World. You'll also find a simple hummingbird activity, and then you'll find a more complicated one. So we're trying to cover a multi-age group with activities. And if something really catches your fancy, you can take that and build it into a thematic unit that lasts a long time. So have fun learning. Curriculum Corner. Well, we are going to talk about how to transition from public school to homeschooling. We're right in the middle of the school year, which is often a difficult time. And I almost hesitated to talk about the topic because most of the time we switch at the end of the school year. That way our children don't have to say goodbye to their friends. It just seems like an easier transition. But there are some situations where you need to get your child out of public school. Maybe they're being bullied. Uh, and usually that's the biggest reason. Why would we keep our child in a hostile environment? We wouldn't work ourselves very long in a hostile environment. We would get out of there. But yet we force our kids to be in a hostile environment. We want them to toughen up, etc., etc. But I'm here to say you do not need to have your children in that type of an environment. And homeschooling is often a good option. And sometimes you go, well, it's just not, it's not the perfect situation. I'm still working and uh, my kids are going to have to be going, you know, maybe grandma's babysitting them or another relative. If you and then they would have to deliver the homeschooling instruction. That's okay. Some states don't allow that, but many states do. And if you have a trusted daycare provider that will also furnish the instruction, your children will thank you. They will thank you so much for being out of that hostile environment and being able to come home and develop and grow and learn. Sometimes our kids don't recognize the stress they're under and you as the parent have to figure it out. Why is my child starting to pull out his hair? Why is my child withdrawing from the family? Why is my child obsessive, becoming obsessive compulsive over this? It's because they're under a lot of stress and the stress can be as simple as that kid beside them in the classroom going under their breath. The teacher can't hear it but that child can, you can't read. You're a dummy. You don't know that. 
Sometimes just that question, you mean to tell me you don't know that? Wow, I know that. You don't know that? That becomes a stressor for the child. And so you as the parent, you're advocating for that child. You are responsible. That child was bought for at a very high price by the king of the universe. He died for that child. And then he gave you the privilege of raising that child. So as you begin to think about curriculum, and remember, curriculum is the path you've chosen for your child. Every parent does this. Every parent chooses a curriculum for their child. It might be going to public school. It might be going to traditional school. It might be homeschooling or unschooling. But you as the parent dictate what that will be and what it looks like. And part of that path might have a turn into homeschooling, and that's okay. So we'll conclude our curriculum corner now and go to questions parents ask, one of my favorite sections of this first part of the show. Questions parents ask. This question is from Lindsay. She says her youngest daughter, who's three and a half, is oblivious to rules, boundaries. She jumps off furniture and has had her ear practically torn off and had to be stitched back on. She has jumped into the pool, even she's been told not to, but I mean, you just have to watch her constantly. The other children that are a little bit older, they they haven't had to go through this. So they are just at loss. She's She'll unroll like the whole roll of toilet paper when she goes to the bathroom. And so... You know, my heart goes out. So it's it's an extreme case probably of ADHD or sensory processing disorder or one and the same. And an occupational therapist should help you. Now, I know some parents, and I'm not recommending this one way or another, but they will give their child a little bit of caffeine without sugar and see if that helps calm them down. It it sounds funny, doesn't it? But that little stimulant kind of works as medicine for a child with ADHD. So definitely get help. There's some red flags here. Occupational therapy or overlapping sensory seeking kind of thing um, could really help you. And our prayers go with you. I know I've mentioned the book, The Last Child in the Woods, which advocates for getting our children outside more. And there is a whole group of families that are trying to spend at least 1,000 hours outside in a year. So what I'm, what I'm saying is I'm looking for ideas of what you would do on a rainy day. Now, if it's warm enough, I still take my kids outside. We play in the puddles. We walk under umbrellas. We just look at things in nature that look so much different with water dripping off from them. They look glisten, they glisten and they, you know, it just changes everything. So that's really cool. Get ponchos and go outside anyway if you don't have umbrellas because you can buy ponchos like for 40 cents a piece. But if it's cold and rainy, what do you do? And I'm open to any suggestions. You can email them to me at, uh, let's see, I have so many email addresses. R Gamblin, that's all spelled out R G A M B L I N 
at homeschoolcompanion.org. We'd love to hear ideas of what you do when it's too cold to go outside. Well, we're going to segue now to our second half of our show, and we are going to listen to an interview with Thomas Lutz. He has so many great ideas of making Christianity real in our everyday life, so please stay tuned. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Tom Lutz. I'm going to read your biological sketch, if you'll just bear with me. Mm -hmm. So Tom has served as divisional president for a company that grew to $120 million with 1,600 employees in 18 countries. He launched Vision Planners LLC as a consultancy designed to assist visionaries in finding, planning, and executing their vision. Today, he facilitates two, is it pronounced? Convene. Convene. He facilitates two convene groups in the Atlanta area and guides client companies in the development of strategic plans and implementation. Lutz earned his doctorate from Covenant Theological Seminary and is currently professor of biblical studies at Metro Atlanta Seminary. He has seven children of which all of them have been homeschooled in one way or another. So yes. welcome to our show. Glad to be here. <laughs> we just love the idea that someone of your caliber will come and pour into these homeschooling families in the nation. The right. families are taking back their children. They are saying, look it, we got a taste of what our children are being exposed to through sci- all these virtual schools and Oh, things. yeah. Last couple of years, our grandchildren yes. have been experiencing yes. that. And uh, then if you compound that, what the other children might be exposing our children to, we want to take them back. And many yeah. are feeling very convicted to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So I want, to, I want to talk about your book called Equipping Christians for Kingdom Purpose in Their Work. And, of course, what is a greater work than educating your children? You bet. And um, so that will play a lot uh, into our conversation today, as well as what a a seminary such as the one that you're a professor at, what they might have to offer a child that has been homeschooled through high school. Right, sure. So we have a lot of things to cover. Excellent. So let's begin with, you know, you talk about vocational discipleship, and uh, I would like to unpack that. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, one of the main thrusts of the book is the idea that, so I do have an undergraduate degree and was a pastor of a church in Baltimore, uh, in the inner city of Baltimore, near the old Memorial Stadium, which you might remember. Um, um, quite a few years ago. Uh, but um, in seminary, and still today, pastors are taught to disciple people as church members, not as image bearers. In other words, we're, we're discipled to be good members of church and do good work at church, but we're, we're, no one talks to us about what it means to be 
your case, an educational specialist, in my case, vendor of information to people in commercial construction, uh, and why God cares about that. So this book is a book about helping pastors, disciplers, men's discipleship leaders, women's discipleship leaders, homeschoolers, anybody who's talking to people about the work that they do outside of the church to help them learn how to talk the way God would have them talk to those disciples. Yes, I mean, God needs uh, the the sanitary engineers, and I mean, my son-in-law is one, and I just love him to pieces. Uh, They need the prime truck driver out there, and we need to get out. We need to get out, and so vocational discipleship means that, correctly? Am I understanding what you're saying? So um, I, I do a lot of workshops and a lot of speaking on the topic. And one question I always ask that just gets the craziest responses is, what would happen if nobody did what you do? So you mentioned trash collection. A year or so ago, I was at a, a group of CEOs. One of the CEOs owned a trash collection company. And frankly, he just got laughing because for the first time in his life, uh, he realized God really cares about that because if people don't collect the trash, everybody's dead, mm-hmm. and no amount of gospel preaching is going to help anybody. <laughs> that's that's and right. And that's the mosaics. You know, yes. vocational discipleship is all about the mosaic of everybody doing that which God calls them to do uh, to make God's world flourish, which is what we were originally created as image bearers to do. Right. So when I say to a group of people, every one of you has an anointing on them. Yeah, absolutely right. The scriptures tell us It's that. absolutely true. It doesn't matter whether you are that mom at home with the toddler and the infant, and you're just wondering, uh, what's the purpose? You know, mm-hmm. what's the purpose? You need to change your paradigm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I can think of our children. S- certainly my wife was that educator, that disciple yes. of our children. And now looking at, they're all adults. Uh, have of Between the seven, we have 14 grandchildren. Uh, but they're all productive members of society. They're all doing something that makes God's world flourish. Uh, and I think it's partly because as we raised them, and I'll give Sherry most of the credit, uh, she raised them to understand that whatever God calls them to do is something important in the world. You need to do it with all of your heart, Absolutely. with all of your mind. You say, according to the Barna research, less than 40% of Christians are engaged in any kind of discipleship. Why do you think this is the case? Uh, I think it's certainly like I would have been as a young man, busy, I got a large family, I've got a growing business, uh, you know, I've got soccer teams to coach and baseball teams to coach. Uh, but because so often the church communicates that spirituality is what's happening at church, not what's happening uh, in my marketplace and community involvement, I don't think of that as holy ground. Uh, and so I don't seek uh, discipleship around that. My dissertation was on discipling C-level Christian executives, and it was a story of taking six men through uh, traditional discipleship methodology where they learned what we call the theology of work, what the Bible, what God says about the work that they do outside the church, uh, and significant spiritual growth of already significantly mature men. 
uh, when they realize, as they said, that God invaded all of their lives. Praise the Lord. I, I love to think that, I love the term God invaded. You know, God's there all the time, but he won't invade unless we let him. <laughs> well, you know, the revelation, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. But it's up to the, uh, us to invite him in to eat. So what are some of the practical ways we can live our kingdom calling through our vocation? Well, we just mentioned some of them, you know, yes. thinking in terms of, of um, the mosaic. Uh, so um, it's, it's a crazy thought, but when we think in terms of the book of Revelation, talks about the new heaven and the new earth, which will be physically on this earth, mm-hmm. albeit granted, you know, renewed and developed and refined, but absent sin, absent the curse, where Jesus brings back the city he's currently building, the new Jerusalem, and the church will operate that city. That will be a fulfillment of what the original image bearer was created to do, which is to, uh, you know, uh, the image bearers in Genesis are given instructions, this place is empty, I want you to create abundance. Uh, this place has unlimited potential, placed there by an unlimited eternal God, therefore cultivate all of that potential. And number three, it's incomplete and dangerous. I need you to subdue it. I need you to take the power of wind, the power of water, the power of electricity, and wrestle that. All three instructions for the benefit uh, of the flourishing of humanity. What's interesting about that new heaven and new earth is nothing that we currently call ministry will occur there. There'll be no um, remedial drug counseling. <laughs> That's true. Th- there will be no, uh, you know, crisis marital counseling, no soup kitchens, no preaching of the gospel. It'll be absent sin, absent the curse, exactly what we were created to be in the garden. Um, and that's, you know, it's a stunning thought. Yeah. But I think if you understand the way uh, the angel presents to John, the new heaven and the new earth, that's what he's saying. The church is the city. Wow. I, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my brain around <laughs> a lot of it. people do. <laughs> yeah. So when you, um, you know, what, what prompted you to write this book? Well, it's a long story. Uh, so I mentioned I, I, in high school, was told by many men and leaders that I really respected that if you want to serve God, you'll become a pastor. Uh, and so as an impressionable young man, I, I wanted to serve God. Uh, and if that was the only avenue, then that's what I was going to do. So I went, I got an undergraduate degree, undergraduate degree in Greek and Latin, went on to get my master's of divinity. After 19 years invested in that, what do you do? I became a pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America, and we started a church, as I mentioned, in the inner city of Baltimore. Um, church couldn't afford to pay me a lot, and some friends offered me to come work for them in a business that they were starting. You, you read you know, yeah. about the scope of that business, what it became to. They invited me to to do that. They said, we'll give you plenty of time to do your church work, but come into the, the business. Uh, and I did so, and I, I tell my pastor friends, after several years as a pastor, God called me to the ministry. Yeah. That's that's where I sensed truly hey, God I want to ask more questions about this, but I know we've finished part one of our show. Sure. So I'm going to pick up tomorrow. I hope our listeners will come back. We're talking about equipping Christians for kingdom purpose. I mean, that's a fancy title for saying wherever you're at, God has something for you to do. You are to be his disciple there. We're talking to Tom Lutz, and we will be back tomorrow. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. 
Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.